Venue 12 world, how are you? We don't have many more of these. Yeah. It's, um... The time is short. Yeah, we're coming up, we're coming up to a wrap, aren't we? Next week is Kale. Week after is Garen. Week after is Seniors. And then week after that is Common Ground Finale. So, like, let's see. We only got three regular venues after this. And then we're Dunzo Gonzo, baby. Until Dun- August. Dunzo and Gonzo don't really rhyme. So I don't know that that was. Yeah. Dunzo and Gonzo. It doesn't rhyme, but it flows. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, quick vote on the Twitter poll. Um, did that flow? Like, we're not on Twitter. <laughs> That's us, the next step for V12. Us millennials, we're, we're not on Twitter. Yeah, I don't think Gen Z's on Twitter. Gen Z is on Twitter, for sure. Millennials are on Twitter. No, Gen Z is. Well, millennials are too. Mm. We kind of came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> Gen Z's on Twitter? Yeah. Not like our students, though. I think maybe, because they like the Barstool stuff, and they look at like... On I don't Twitter? Know. Yeah. I don't think at, these kids are on the bird. Who are the... <laughs> tweet, tweet. Um, I don't think these kids are on the bird. Anyways, Jordan, what do we talk about tonight? We should talk about Twitter, because I didn't think these kids were on it, but apparently they are. Mm. We, uh, we already talked about the loss, though. We talked about week two of this relationship series and how we are to be reaching out and thinking about the lost people around us. And I wanted to start by asking you, do you remember your first experience sharing your faith, Lucas, or like having a friend that didn't know Christ and what it was like trying to share with that person? Yeah, I remember early high school. Um, I was able to share my faith and, uh, be salt and light to my teammates on my cross-country and track team. I remember a specific individual. His name was Jeremiah. And he, yeah, started coming to church, and we started having some conversations about faith and stuff. I don't know if it, at least when I was interacting with him, I don't know if there was any um, harvest that I was able to see uh, immediately. Any but, fruit? Yeah, exactly. But I know that God still used the seeds that were yeah, planted. Absolutely. Mine was also early high school too. I had a friend in the in my group. None of my group was really Christian, but he especially was just very intellectual and atheist and had an answer for everything. And I started to just feel a real burden for him and like wanting to share with him. And I did. And he had an answer for everything. And I wasn't very good at sharing back then. So I didn't really have an answer for a lot of the stuff he had. But I remember just feeling good that I shared. And even later, like I remember after college, reaching back out to him and trying to converse with him. And I even sent him like a book once and um, it didn't really go anywhere, unfortunately. And I hope that God is still working in his heart. But sometimes we have people around us and we feel this burden to share and we do it. And sometimes it works out great. And sometimes we are left feeling a little lacking, like we're not seeing the fruit or maybe we even feel like we did a bad job. And so um, I don't think that the obedience is in the outcome though. I think the obedience is to do what God's asked us to do. And so we can, we can rest in that. So don't be discouraged. If you got a friend who doesn't know the Lord and you have a burden to share with them, do it and don't worry about the outcome because God's going to do with it, whatever he wants to. I want to know when you were younger, Lucas, what kind of kept you from sharing your faith and maybe what keeps you from sharing it right now? Um, I think when I was younger, 
I didn't know, like I wasn't super knowledgeable on the Bible. I wasn't familiar with a lot of the Old Testament and even a lot of the New Testament. I kind of just knew the gospel message and some Bible stories and that was really it. So I really didn't feel, I didn't feel qualified, I think is a good way to put it. Um, And now I think it's sometimes just my own and it just just makes me frustrated with myself sometimes, but it's my own just, oh, I don't like, I know that the spirit might be pulling my heart to share with someone, but I'd rather not do that because I want to do what I want or it's not comfortable for me. And so I, it's, yeah, still trying to grow in that, obviously, to be, being attuned to what the Spirit is telling me and being obedient in that. I think when I was younger, I felt the same. I didn't feel equipped and I was really scared that somebody was going to just dominate me and I was going to basically like disgrace the name of Christianity and actually cause them to go further from God. That was my big fear. Now it's like everything is so... Um, what's the word, like antagonistic, like you can't disagree with anybody anymore and you can't really have discussions about things that you believe that are different anymore because people, people take them very personally and they get offended by it and they get mad about it. And so I'm always afraid now that if I bring things up or talk to people about what they believe that it's going to lead to that. And I don't want that. And so if you could, if you were to tell me like, Hey, you're going to bring this up to this person and it's going to be a fine discussion. And even if they don't come to know the Lord, like it's not going to come to blows and it's not going to upset them. I would be like, yeah, I would gladly share it. But I just have this worry that when I bring faith up or Christ up or the gospel, um, or even like asking them about deep things that it's going to elicit this response from them. That's like, uh, really antagonistic. Yeah. We don't want to seek out an argument at all but sadly um especially and it's hard to balance sometimes but just the balance of there's a difference between a disagreement like a healthy disagreement and arguing and a lot of people um tend to just get really defensive in those conversations and that's still not an excuse like that that's not a good reason for me not to share and i still need to do it um but i guess that's my fear is that man i don't want this to be like a confrontation or whatever so i need to figure out ways to get over that and make sure that it's not a confrontation so that's on me um have you seen that maybe you saw it live like maybe you're old enough yeah you're probably old enough have you been watching nba for very long mhm remember yeah. when kobe rip was given a post-game conference, press conference in the playoffs and they like won game one by a lot or something. Or maybe they were like on the verge of winning the series, but they didn't. And they're like, Kobe, how do you feel? And he was like, job's not done. And they're like, well, you're up like three games to zero and like you played really great. Isn't there something to celebrate? And he's like, job's not done. And then he just walked away. Because that was the mama mentality, right? Like the job wasn't done. The series wasn't finished. So he was still locked in. And I think we need a little more of that in Christianity. I think we need this jobs not done mentality because sometimes we can get saved and know the Lord and we think, well, it's done. It ends with me. Like I know Jesus, so it's all good. But we got to have that jobs not done mentality of until everyone knows Jesus' name, my job is not done. And until, especially the people in my circle, until they um, know Jesus, or at least I have talked with them about it and shared what I believe and why, and tried to create that conversation until that's happened with everyone, like my job's not done. 
Yeah. And thank God that wasn't Jesus's mentality because if, yeah, like (laughs) there would be no reason for Jesus to come down to earth and to die on the cross if his mentality was like, oh, it's, it's all about me. In, in terms of like, you know, not seeking the loss and that kind of stuff. Well, and we should be so grateful that the person that shared Christ with us didn't have that mentality, right? That they saw the job as not done. And so they saw it as worthwhile to share Jesus with us. And the people who walk with us, even after we know Jesus, like the job's not done. We're still spreading kingdom seeds everywhere. So someone was gracious towards us in that, and we need to be gracious to others. So that's an encouragement and a challenge this week, that job's not done mentality. And then that it's it's an overflow, like Zach said tonight, it's an overflow of love. Like Jesus has loved us so much that we want to share that love with others. It's not like, oh, I'm scared, but I have to do this to make Jesus happy. It's not like that. When you're in love with somebody or you love something, you want to share it with others, right? Like, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings or, you know, a certain sports team or whatever. It's like, I love this thing so much. I got to tell you about it, man. I tried this new thing and it was legit. It's kind of the same thing with faith. It's just got to be an overflow of our passion for it. Yeah. And if Jesus is on the throne of your life and he is the thing that you love the most, then naturally you're going to be sharing and there's going to be an overflow of sharing Jesus in your daily life. So strive for that, long for that on a daily basis. Yeah. And if the people closest to us don't know that we know Jesus, or, you know what I mean? Like if that's not apparent to them or we're not feeling a burden for the lost people around us, that's a red flag. Like if there are lost people in your life or people you don't know their spiritual destination and it doesn't bother you, that's a really, that's a big deal. And so we gotta be always thinking about those people. And that doesn't mean bringing Jesus up at every turn, like not at all, but praying about God, create an opportunity for a conversation, you know, give me an in with this person so I can talk to them about deep things. Um, and just share what you've done in my life. So we always got to be thinking about that. And that's kind of the last thing that we could be on the lookout to share. We can't just be walking through life on autopilot. It's so easy, like you said, to get caught up in what we want or what we do or what's convenient for me, but we cannot walk through life on autopilot because that's not what Jesus has for us. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Stay diligent, stay on guard. I know over the last like year or so, I've been praying um, just a seven word prayer, like, Father, break my heart for what breaks yours. And um, without the Father, like break my heart yeah, for what eight. breaks yours. Okay, that's eight. eight words if you include Father. Um, but yeah, we got a, a a big brain mathematician to the right of me. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, counting numbers under 10, I am your guy. <laughs> Good to know. Um, but yeah, pray that prayer. Like try to pray that prayer once, once, um, once a day for this next week. Just break my heart for what breaks yours, Father and see how the spirit moves in that because we know that when people don't know jesus that breaks god's heart and so if if that really did break our heart we would also be motivated to share true amen true amen all right hey we went a little over but this is so important we want to be beacons of light to the lost around us and we don't want to do it in a in a begrudging way or even like a bullying way or an obnoxious way but kind of like we talked about a few weeks ago form those friendships leverage that relational collateral, that relational capital, so that we can get close to people and share Jesus because it's the most important thing, most loving thing that we can do for them. Um, that's all we got. Yeah. Rock. Have a great week. Um, reread Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Be light and soul of the world. Of the world.
spitballing. We're going to end this exactly on 12 minutes. Bang. <laughs>